Hello, and welcome to From the Newsroom, a podcast production of Monroe News in Monroe, Michigan. One of our most popular features is the 100 Years Ago column that runs monthly in the Monroe News. The following are items from the Monroe Evening News during March 1919. These are how actual articles appeared in the newspaper. February made its getaway, insofar as 1919 is concerned, and March put in its initial appearance in lion-like fashion. And the storm, which descended upon Monroe late Friday afternoon, left in its wake all manner of destruction. Trees were felled by the hundreds, automobiles were blown in the ditches along the Dixie Highway, Telegraph Road, and telephone poles were snapped off while roofs were unfastened from the buildings and blown a considerable distance. The greatest loss suffered in this city fell upon the shoulders of Joseph Gessner, father of Deputy of Sheriff Frank Gessner, who resides on West 8th Street. While the wind was blowing, a gale and hail was falling in torrents. The roof of his home became unfastened, and it was picked up like a feather and blown a considerable distance. When the roof stuck the ground, it was reduced to kindling wood, and the furniture in the rooms of the second floor of the home were greatly damaged. In all parts of the city, trees, telephone, and telegraph poles were felled, and traffic on the railroad and interurban lines was greatly interfered with. While Monroe and the southern section of the county were hit hard, the storm did the greatest amount of damage in the northern section. At Newport, the roof of the village school was blown off just after the pupils were dismissed for the day. Miss Donahue, the teacher, was in the school building at the time, but luckily she escaped being injured. Several barns were blown down, and roofs were taken off of one or two residences, in addition to scores of trees being uprooted. The storm greatly terrorized the inhabitants of the village, and it was some time before they became calm. At Rockwood, a public garage operated by Cecil Freeland was almost totally demolished, and any number of plate glass windows in store buildings was wrecked. Many machines were blown into ditches along the Dixie Highway, and while several of the cars were badly damaged, No one was badly injured. No reports have been received of anyone being killed. Trains entering the city over the steam lines were from two to three hours late throughout the entire night, and interurban traffic was almost suspended. It was almost impossible to maintain any kind of a schedule, but conditions are greatly improved today. The storm was predicted by the Government Weather Bureau early Friday morning, and for once the use of a racetrack variance of the prediction ran true to form. It was the most severe storm that has visited Monroe in time, and the sudden drop in temperature was keenly felt. The Monroe Auto Equipment Manufacturing Company, which was formerly known as the Brisk Blast Company, now owns its own home. The deal for the purchasing of the plant, formerly occupied by the American Magneto Company, having been closed Thursday, at which time $20,000 in cash was turned over to the bondholders of the defunct company. It is the largest transaction that has taken place in industrial circles for some time, and now that it is Monroe's baby industry, insofar as years of existence is concerned, owns its own home, it would be justified if adopted the slogan, Watch Us Grow. Women police are common in some of the bigger cities, but it remained for Berlin Township to be the first in Monroe County to name one of its women residents an officer of the law. The naming took place at the Township Caucus held Thursday, and the one selected is none other than Ida Niedermeyer, who operated a general store at Newport. 
for the benefit of the bootleggers and other violators of the law who may happen to lurk within the confines of the township, it may be stated that the Niedermeyer woman is by no means a weakling when it comes to mentality and statue, and it will be well for them to shun her. At the caucus, the Niedermeyer woman had no opposition, and she received 331 votes. When asked if she would qualify, she smilingly said, You can just bet your life I will, and I am going to wear a badge too. Not only that, I am going to give a dinner to the villagers in the near future because I was elected. And finally, election board officials throughout the state are losing no time notifying women that they will have to mark their own ballots. They are being gently informed that a woman voter may go to the polls with her husband, father, brother, or sweetheart, but he will not be permitted to instruct her in marking the ballot. While primary elections will be held in practicality every county in the state Wednesday, none will be held in Monroe County. According to City Clerk Kressbach, the county is about $1,500 ahead. He claims that every time an election is held in the county, it costs fully that amount. You just heard some of the March 1919 headlines from Monroe County, Michigan, as they were published in the Monroe Evening News. You can hear today's headlines from the Monroe News on the radio with the Monroe in a Minute newscast that airs Monday through Friday at noon, 3 and 6 p.m. on Rewind 94.3. This has been Paula Wethington for the Monroe News. This has been a podcast production of the Monroe News in Monroe, Michigan. Find us online at www.monroenews.com, on social media at Screen Name Monroe News, and in print seven days a week.